0: Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined, as always, by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. As a reminder, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app wherever you're listening to us right now. Just search Miles to Memories, or you can head to mtmpodcast.com for links to subscribe, links to cards, our diamond Patreon, everything else, mtmpodcast.com. Gents, how how are you doing this week? Mark, you uh, recovering nicely from Vegas? No, I'm still like I got the Vegas voice going, so apologize
1: for that. Maybe it sounds extra deep and sexy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still a little beat up. I did the red eye Sunday night. Was supposed to fly out at six a.m. Sunday. Knew that would probably not work out, and that I would miss that flight, so I moved it to the red eye. So recovering a little bit. Slept some yesterday. Slept last night, but still like jet lagged and not on the the right time schedule. And so still, still dragging a bit today. Brain's not functioning right. Like you're writing an article and you can't think of words and stuff. It's a, it's a bit fuzzy. <laughs> so it's a
2: normal Tuesday for you is what you're saying. <laughs> maybe, nah. maybe a normal Sunday. Oh, <laughs> hey, um, I, I do want to mention that uh, your Vegas voice is not as bad as normal. So maybe you didn't have as much fun as uh, you normally do, or true, you had an extra day to recover. Actually, we normally record on Mondays though. So you had an extra day.
1: Yeah, I didn't go uh, as long and as hard as I normally do uh, into the night. So I went to bed every night, which is a a first, I think, for Vegas trips. So that was good. Uh, And then one night I even passed out like super early because I was just it it had caught up to me. You know, three days is a bit much. My buddy Ryan says every time we go, he's like, dude, why do you do that third day? It's not good. You should just do the two nights. That's all. That's as max
2: max as you can go. That last day before the red eye also can be kind of brutal, especially depending on you know whether you're on a good run or a bad run, which I'm normally on a bad run my last day. It's always <laughs> it's always that Sunday before the red eye where I lose all the money that I made. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that how it works out for everybody? But no, actually, Sunday
1: was really great. We had quite a few people that were doing red eyes or, or flying out early Monday. So we ended up hanging out all day, eating, had some drinks by the pool, and then we ended up going to uh, Skyfall at the... Delano, uh, their, their, like, rooftop bar. We ended up hanging out there for, like, five hours. Thought we met a celebrity. She was not a celebrity. So we bought her a drink and then took a picture with her anyway and then sent it to our friend that had to leave early and said, oh, dude, you messed up. We met the the girl that plays
0: the daughter on Ozark." <laughs> he was upset. I don't, I don't think she looked that much. I saw this picture. I She looks a little like the daughter, but other people were freaked. I, I imagine in person. I could see the features for sure. Like, the picture was a little blurry nighttime picture, but... Yeah.
1: Plus, I mean, it's in a dark, you know, dark loungy bar and she had darker hair. So if the girl, you know, we're assuming the show's done, maybe she dyes her hair blonde for the show or or changes color. So the hair wasn't like as blonde. It wasn't blonde. It was like a dirty blonde type of thing. But the features, the facial stuff looks very similar. I mean, PDX Steel's guy said it was a a
0: dead ringer. So I'm going to go with him. We agree on one thing. And he was so excited about it, too. <laughs> he was more yeah. excited than he should have been. Have either of you guys ran into any real celebrities in Vegas?
2: Yeah, so I was about to say, well, not in Vegas, but in L.A., I'm vouching for the fact that celebrities can look very different because my buddy and I almost took up the seats at a bar that Jack Nicholson had emptied said as a buffer from other people like we we like straight up went to go sit down on his flanks because we didn't recognize him at all to the bartender told us to get lost and then we left and we're like why didn't they let us sit there and then then we figured out with Jack Nicholson he looked kind of like nothing you know so when you see these celebrities out in real life you never know how quote unquote, normal, they could look.
1: Yeah, my sister uh, actually flew on a flight with Dexter's sister, Deborah Morgan, I forget the name of the actress, but she flew on a flight with her. And then I think in Vegas, we were uh, staying at the Four Seasons a year ago, and we ended up getting on the elevator and there was this guy dressed in the nines and he had security. So either he was like a prince from somewhere or he was in the uh, festival, the music festival that was going down on Fremont Street. So we pulled up pictures and one of the, the singers on it looked similar, but we still had no idea who who he was. But we assumed because there was like a two big security
2: guys walking around with him that he was somebody. Hey, I do have one where we recognize the person immediately. My buddy and I were in the bathroom at a steakhouse in Vegas. And there was this huge guy. And he walked out. Like, he, he left the bathroom as we were going in. And I went to my buddy. I was like, yo, was that Sean Marion? And it was. Sean Marion uh, of the Phoenix Suns should have won Defensive Player of the Year sometime, sometime in his life. Old school throwback. <laughs> It was my friend's bachelor party, so we ended up bugging Sean Marion to take a picture with him, and he did. You know, he was a nice guy about it, so did recognize him. But I would also say that I probably recognized him because NBA players look like in real life, like they look like on the court. It's not like they're like putting on makeup or dyeing their hair or anything. And he was like six foot ten, so that's kind of dead giveaway as well.
1: Now that I think about, it, we did actually we flew uh, Southwest back. Me and my wife flew it back from Vegas, and uh, it connected in Midway in Chicago. And Kristen from Vanderpump Rules, shout out Vanderpump Rules, even though we don't watch anymore because everybody left or got kicked off that show, but we actually flew on the flight with her. She was the crazy one, so we didn't approach her, but my wife did say she looked prettier in person than uh, on TV, so that's our one claim to fame. And then my buddy Ryan has an epic story of the one time he saw uh, A-Rod in Vegas, but kept calling him Derek Jeter, (laughs) and he got very upset.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Should have given him a gift basket before. Didn't A-Rod used to to sleep
0: on... Derek Jeter's couch back in the day. Those guys were like best friends when they were younger, weren't they? He was
1: like, hey, hey,
0: Jeter, can I get your autograph, man? I love you, man. I love you. He's
1: like, I'm not Derek Jeter. He's like, come on, man. You're, you're from Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Can I get your
2: autograph? <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good story. Wait, was he drunk and making an honest oh, yeah. mistake? Or was he? Because yes. it would be even funnier if he was just straight up trolling.
1: He says he was trolling, but I'm like, no, dude, I'm pretty sure you were just
0: inebriated to the level that you couldn't tell the difference. (laughs) Not to talk too much about Vegas, because we'll talk about it on our Vegas show and what we did. And we have some upcoming special videos about stuff. But it was really cool hanging out with, what do we have, about 40 plus people from the Diamond Patreon group? Yeah, somewhere in like the 30 to 35 to 40 range. Yeah, it was a great group of people, a lot of fun. We did the Neon Museum, where we got to see all the old historical neon signs, and Mark got yelled at by the tour guide, but we'll, we won't talk about that.
1: <laughs> we had It was a fun line. It was a lot of stuff that like pretty much everybody in the group had never done, even people that had been to Vegas 20 or 30 times. We hung out at contain- Container Park, which a lot of people hadn't been to, did the Neon Museum, went to Area 15, did a distillery tour, the liftoff. Uh, we did Meow Wolf, which was really trippy. And it, what I imagine being on LSD feels like, but uh, completely sober when you're doing it. So a lot of unique stuff, got to hang out, chat, ended up at Golden Tiki, which is, is one of the coolest tiki bars I've ever seen. It's in a strip mall. And then you walk in and you're like, wow, this is like, this is legit, like the coolest place ever. We hit a lot of cool, unique stuff. and And that's something we shoot for on these trips and gathering. And Got to meet some new people. A lot of people people came in from Hawaii, from L.A., from New York, Tampa, all over the place. So we had them from,
0: coming from everywhere, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, and this is our third big meetup that we've now been able to have. We started this group right before COVID, so it was sort of bad timing with the meetups. But now we're kind of in the groove, and it's good to see some people showing up You know, to all the meetups. And then we're getting new people in each one, and it's a cool crowd. And it's miles and points people, but people who also like to have fun, which there, there's not always an overlap between those two things, not to not to disparage anybody, Joe, but uh, it's it's nice to be around a group of people that likes to have fun. Sean's calling himself
1: not fun, just so you know.
2: No, Sean, you are just like every party has to have the responsible dad who is you know overseeing everything and making sure everything goes. So it wouldn't happen without you.
1: Truth. Plus, when we're hanging out and at these things, Sean fills in the role of my wife uh, giving me eye rolls, everything when I say stupid stuff. So that's always good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You always got to have a wet blanket. I hear that.
0: There's different kinds of fun. I'll just say that uh, Mark has his brand of fun and I have mine. But it was a great weekend and it was good seeing everybody. And like I said, we'll talk about some of these actual things that we did. We know a lot of people out there like Vegas. So check out our Vegas podcast or Vegas video show on the YouTube channel for more in-depth stuff there and then we have our uh, upcoming meetups in June in Detroit and then September in Mexico City we're working on some other cool stuff too so uh, if you are interested in joining our diamond community you can find everything at patreon.com forward slash miles to memories and we also have what the slack we have bonus content every week we have our spending time show so uh, lots of good stuff Benji was in Vegas too so shout out to Benji he was uh, having a lot of fun having great conversations with everybody so appreciate him coming out and uh supporting everything as well
2: all i want to know is please tell me someone in the mtm diamond patreon group brought their luggage to eat breakfast with benji in the morning because i feel like that's something that had to have happened on this meetup and if it did not someone please do it next time and wear your pajamas.
1: We made jokes about it all weekend. So I don't know. I don't think it happened. But we did make joke. He did bring up that somebody that was not in the group did it uh, while he was eating, I think at Resorts World or something. And he was triggered by it. So definitely happened. But I'm going to make sure to do I'm going to buy like Spongebob pajamas one time when we're all staying at the same hotel and then walk down to breakfast in it and just bring my luggage with me just just for fun. I'm
2: just going to bring an empty suitcase, just bring an empty suitcase. Like, you know, it's not even your checkout day. Just bring one down just, just to see what he does. (laughs) Yes.
0: So uh, in other news, Joe, uh, so I flew JetBlue, I'm traveling and I just flew JetBlue on a Transcon and you know, all these meltdowns, all this craziness. I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit, but I've had some really crazy JetBlue flights this past year. I'm getting delayed to like one in the morning in Newark, uh, having to pull back for a, for a mask incident and on a red eye. But this was my most normal JetBlue flight I've had all year. So uh, ironically, things were good in JetBlue land for me, but what happened with all the the meltdown that's been going on with them?
2: Now, the first I kind of caught wind of it was, I had a friend who was down at Disney World, Actually, I, th- I think I talked about this, you know, my daughter's soccer coach, friend of mine, she went down. I didn't know that she was going to Disney until like a week before. But since I found out, you know, I was helping her through her trip, helping her work Genie Plus and all that. And then on Sunday, um, this was about a week or so ago, she texts me and is like, JetBlue canceled our flight. We're not coming back till Tuesday. And so that's kind of like, so I first heard about it. Yeah. (laughs) I first heard about it anecdotally. And then I started looking into it and I found out that JetBlue canceled like 30% of their flights. Seth Miller from PAX Aero, he's always on top of this stuff. So he tweeted about it, that JetBlue canceled like 30% of their flights that weekend. And so stuff was backed up to like, my friend got back Tuesday, but like lots of people were backed up to Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, looking into this more, what I've realized is half of JetBlue's flights go through like either Boston or Florida um, and one other kind of bad weather city. And so when there's bad weather in the country, JetBlue gets totally destroyed, like its schedule. On top of that, of course, are the staffing issues, COVID, all that stuff. And so JetBlue has had, you know, I mean, the takeoff nap, that satire site, you know, they're, they're making fun of JetBlue now. I was saying they're just reporting actual news. JetBlue has had so many flight disruptions. And then, you know, a couple months ago or maybe a couple weeks ago, Sean, you brought up that article that said JetBlue was like the least on time of the carriers recently. So they are not doing well operationally. Meanwhile, on the other hand, they're trying to buy Spirit for $3.6 billion. And I joked on Twitter, maybe they're just trying to buy some flight attendants because they're short-staffed all the time. But now Mark and I were talking offline. I'm, I'm not sure that's a joke. Like, maybe they just need the staff. I mean, it's just a mess. And I don't know how they can afford to do that when they can't even run their own house right now. So everyone knows I'm a JetBlue lover, but this has not been a good year for them.
1: Yeah. And and Spirit had a lot of issues this weekend, too. So then you're going to combine the two that are like melting down the most often lately. But, you know, I wrote an article this past weekend about why I wanted the Spirit and JetBlue merger to go through more so than Frontier because, you know, it was selfish. I, I have a lot of Spirit flights out of here out of Detroit and I, you know, no JetBlue. And I think that this would make a lot more sense. You know, Frontier is just more of the same if they merge together, where this will turn Spirit into JetBlue uh, and give them more options, give them more uh, route, you know, connections, give them more focus cities, hubs, which is desperately needed. So I think JetBlue really does need to do this uh, to pair it with something. I think JetBlue in Alaska makes a lot more sense, but I'm not sure that that ever happens. Hopefully this goes through. They definitely need the planes. They definitely need the people uh, something needs to happen. Cause this is just crazy. And, uh, my buddy Ryan was flying home on the red eye at le- like 1130 on Sunday on frontier. And they had issues too. He got bumped all the way to 3- three, 3 a.m. His flight is when his flight left. So over three hours delayed, he got a $50 voucher, which is basically worthless. Only good for 90 days. Afterwards, he said, you know, screw discount den and their status, Sean, it's ho- horrible.
0: He wanted me to let you know that. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I've only flown them like a dozen times in the last year and not had a single issue or or delay. So, you know, the point is, like, you can can talk about one airline versus the other, but they all had such struggles the last couple of years. And what they're all trying to do is schedule as many flights as they can, hoping that they'll have staff for them, and then they're canceling them. And I think that's what JetBlue admitted, right? They said that they're going to scale back their flights because they simply don't have the staffing. And I think that's more to blame than a lot of the other things. Yeah, but now by now, like we're we're this far into COVID, like they should know
1: what they can handle by now, what their staff can handle, what their planes can handle. You know, they should be able to cut. They should have cut back a while ago, seeing this coming. You know, summer travels hitting in a couple of months. It's only going to get worse. It's going to be just brutal this summer. Prices are already insane when you're charging five, six hundred dollars for a two and a half hour flight. You, you need to get people there on time. Like, this is just nuts. You can't charge these prices and be understaffed in and delays and, and cancellations and make people wait a week. It's just, it's horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean, Becky Picora from Site Doing just tweeted out today that she was looking at a flight between Buffalo and Boston, which was running $440 round trip. That's a one hour flight. Combined with the inflation in airfare with the, oh, and that's JetBlue, of course, with The unreliability, you know, she wrote on Twitter. She's like, maybe I'll just drive seven hours instead, which probably be quicker. Yeah. (laughs) And the same and the same thing happened to me. uh, I think I told you guys, but like originally I was planning to fly from New Jersey down to Charlotte to see my sister in law. But now we're just going to drive instead. I mean, we're going to be going from Virginia Beach, but we're just going to drive instead because, you know, we don't have to worry about it. And the flights from Newark to I can't even remember if it was JetBlue, but the flights from Newark to Charlotte, which, again, is like an hour and a half flight, were like $400, $450. So, you know, I'm just not – I guess you could say the gas is expensive too, but I'm just not going to mess around. Uh, It's just kind of messed up where everything is right now. And I don't know. I haven't seen any points values either, so that hasn't been great either. So I don't don't know if you guys have been looking to use points more, but it just seems like – well, everything's kind of,
1: dynamic now, so yeah, you, there are, it doesn't help. You know, like the points are all astronomically high too. Like American Airlines is thirty to forty to fifty thousand for a domestic economy flight. Delta's the same way, thirty-five k one way. Like all these crazy prices. Southwest is probably the most expensive airline. Every time I search now, so and theirs is tied to, you know, the the cash value. So it's just there's no great deals really. I can't find Virgin. I can't find any Delta flights out of a hub. On Virgin right now, it's just it's nuts. Except to go like to Europe and stuff, you can still
0: find there. But for domestic travel, it's just a hot mess. Flight prices have been insane, whether on miles or not. And I think that people have to take that into account. Um, I wonder how much of it is increased fuel prices and inflation, and how much of it is supply and demand. And it seems like there's some still some international deals happening. You can still find cheaper prices, but we just got used to really dirt cheap prices during the pandemic, right? I mean, price shock is going to be a little crazy for us because we saw so many insane deals for, especially for domestic travel. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it shakes out, but I wouldn't be trying to book last minute tickets anytime this summer because it's going to cost you a fortune. All right. Well, hopefully it gets a little bit better with JetBlue. Hopefully it gets better with flight prices and we can all uh, travel this summer. But in case that you can't, you have to pay $1,500 for an airline ticket. Uh, Mark Wells Fargo has this insane bank bonus. Now we don't usually talk about bank bonuses, but you do a lot of them. So I thought we would maybe give a little background on Why do bank bonuses some of the better ones that you've done? But also talk about this $1,500 Wells Fargo business banking bonus because it's so easy to get the bonus.
1: Yeah, this one is probably the best I I can remember seeing. I'm sure there's been some targeted ones better. But you basically, you deposit $5,000 for uh, 60 days and you get a a $1,500 bonus. Now, the, the trick is that you have to do it in a branch. I think they're in like 38 states or something like that. So a lot of people have coverage. You should, it should be fairly easy for most. Of course, it's like a barrier of no Wells Fargo around Michigan. Like every state touching Michigan directly does not have it. It's like in that and the Northeast are the two like big areas that that's missing. So I'm even like thinking about planning a trip with my son. We we're supposed to go to Chicago in June to check out the city and go to a game. So I might do it in the uh, the next couple weekends weekends and just hit a Wells Fargo branch to do this. But you do have to pay taxes on it. It's claimed as interest income. So you'll have to pay your normal rate on that, but still you can walk away with, you know, well over a thousand dollars for a little bit of work. If you have to drive three hours each way for six hours of time, I think it's still worth it type of thing. Something to consider. I would definitely, uh, you have to get an email code, put it in, get it because they might end this early with how popular I think it's going to be. So I got a code. I don't know if I'm going to do it for sure, but are you doing it, Joe? You getting that money, money?
2: Uh, you know, me and bank bonuses, I, just not good with them even though they're actually worth real money and probably more important than anything else so i haven't thought of it i don't know i guess i've been on twitter a lot spencer's been back on twitter for a couple days he had a funny tweet about how everyone's hating on wells fargo but now everyone's breaking down the doors because of this 1500 hundred dollar bank bonus which is fair enough because it's a really good bank bonus you know that is a number where i'm actually normally with these bank bonuses i'm like whatever i don't even click and read through what it takes, you know, with this one, I actually, you know, have the article bookmarked ready to read later to see if it's actually going to work for me. What about you, Sean? Are you uh, taking advantage of this bank bonus or, you know, we're going to let Mark keep making all the money as we normally do?
0: I think it's a cool bonus just because you don't have to jump through hoops because like Joe, I, you know, I'm not one that loves to, okay, you need to do five transactions here and all the kind of hoops that you can jump through. even though a lot of those bonuses are fairly simple too. This one, you just put the money in and, and you get, it. I wish you could do it online. That would make life so much easier, but I might, I'll be down in Florida. I might have to go stop in a branch and do it, especially if uh, we could do both my wife and I, and then that would be a pretty nice little bonus there. So definitely worth doing it. Mark, you, as part of, you know, we talked about how you make money in this hobby, and I know you include the bank bonuses in that. Just on average each year, how much have you been making on bank bonuses? Uh, over the last couple of years,
1: yeah, it's been in the two to three thousand dollar range each year, and I usually start off really uh, hot and heavy early in the year, and then and forget about it during the middle. You know, a lot of times when kids are the kids are off school for the summer, I'm not as busy into stuff. So this year so far, I've done sixteen hundred, which is a little bit above normal for this time of year, and then I usually pick up towards the end of the year. I think last year I did just over three thousand, which I, I posted something uh, this past week weekend, my results from it. So this year, if I hit this, I'd already be at. The over 3K for the year, and still have quite a bit of, of, you know, time to to hit more. So I think I could realistically get over 4,000 this year without putting in a ton of effort, which is pretty insane. Now I will say that this is a business checking bonus, so you do have to have a business. We have heard some data points that people were able to do it previous Wells Fargo bonuses as a sole prop, so um, which is a sole proprietor, so you don't have to have a uh, EIN uh, tax ID number, you can use your social security number. I would call and verify with the bank first to make sure that that's uh, the case, but that's what we've heard, as well as making uh, a, an appointment online for it. I think everything is requiring an appointment, so you want to do that so you're not stuck like
0: I was at Bank of America a couple weeks ago on the podcast uh, dealing with all of that. And one other, like, side note somebody said that they have a really good, somebody in our diamond group, I think. Uh, I think Mary said that they have a really good business interface, like their web interface for business banking is really good. So maybe that's a reason to get it. If you're looking to actually switch your business banking over, I haven't ever tried the Wells Fargo, but, uh, plus you sign up for one account, they give you two. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if they double the bonus, what's wrong with that? But yeah, you have to go in branch. So make an appointment. I'm sure these days, you know, you can't just, it's probably not easy to just walk into a branch and get seen by a banker. So probably make an appointment as Mark said, grab that code from their website, generate it just so you have it in case they decide to pull the offer. There was another version of it with the $15,000 that you had to put in there. So I got the codes for that, then we found the 5,000. Yeah, grab your codes. They'll email them to you right away and then uh make your appointment and cash in, then go pay for a single flight cuz that's how much they cost these days. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> I even looked at flights, <laughs> I even looked at flights to go to Chicago thinking, "Oh, okay, maybe I'll do that. It'll be a little bit quicker." Uh, not have to drive and traffic and all that and it was like 300 dollars round trip which is insane for a 40 minute flight uh so we're gonna drive my son's probably gonna try to get talk me into amtrak but i don't know if i want to do six hours in a mask on a train so we'll see how that goes but he's been begging to ride amtrak and i told him the sean
0: horror story so i'm trying to resist (laughs) i've I've done amtrak uh quite a few only six hours on the with the mask on the train who cares (laughs) no thanks if my Amtrak exactly. experience is any
2: indication, they're not going to care <laughs> about whether you're wearing your mask or not. Okay, good to know.
1: Well, we here on the, I think it's the 18th they're going to announce. They said they might extend it.
0: Um, so we'll see.
1: Maybe it will be uh, dropped by then
0: anyway. All right. Well, then let's uh, talk somewhere else where you have to wear a mask, and that's in the airports. But uh, it seems like people who love travel, whether they're travel hackers or just people who travel for work, we're all kind of obsessed with airports And Mark's obsessed with always saying Detroit is the best airport for everything. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe doesn't say that about Boston. But, uh, you know, we're always obsessed with airports. We're going through them all the time. And uh, Bounce came up with this. They studied all the TSA wait times. I guess the TSA actually releases this information to the public, what the average security wait time is, plus international uh, customs wait time. And they compiled it all together to find the U.S. airports with the longest and shortest TSA lines. Now, I know you guys have already seen the list, so I can't ask you to guess uh, something, but what's most surprising to you? Uh, That Orlando isn't the worst. That's what uh, I I thought for sure. Dude, we did not talk about
2: that offline, but that's exactly what I thought as well. I had the same thought. That's crazy. I thought Orlando would be
1: the worst, and I thought Denver would be higher up the list than that. If you look at the list, like Florida being not efficient, not shocking there, Um, so (laughs) wasn't surprised. And then, uh, Detroit was towards the bottom, I think like bottom five. So it was like a nine minute average, which I actually thought was a little bit high from my experience. Like I legit flying out Thursday evening, uh, walked from the car, uh, you know, I parked in the attached parking garage, walked from the car, walked up to the TSA cause they have a one right by the, where you, uh, the parking lot. And then they have the the main ones upstairs. I walked straight up to the, get the agent didn't even need to use clear or anything, Nobody in line. I can't remember the last time I spent more than nine minutes in line, even without clear TSA pre-check or anything like that. So I'm sure in the morning it's worse, but I usually fly out in the afternoon or evening and it's usually two people in front of me tops, which is insane for how much traffic comes through there and how many people come through there.
2: And the other, I mean, the article was a little bit weird because they they combined TSA with passport control. And so the three worst, if you add up those two numbers were Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Whoa, same same area too. That's rough. And San Francisco and the three best and they must have taken a certain airport size because there's only 39 airports on here. The three best, if you add up the TSA and the passport times, are Charlotte, Baltimore, and Raleigh-Durham. Was the best. But the thing that kind of stood out to me is the fourth best when you add up TSA and passport control is Newark Liberty International Airport, which you know if you've listened to this podcast at all, we dump on newark all the time but their tsa average time you know the only reason why they're fourth is because of their passport control because their tsa average is five minutes and 18 seconds which is lower than all those uh you know charlotte bwi and raleigh durham so i guess newark's a good place to do tsa without tsa pre-check now i know i've always asked my dad why he doesn't get tsa pre-check and i guess he's just never needed it
0: five minutes and that five minutes 18 seconds at newark airport is the best of any airport so they have the best TSA wait times if you don't take into account the passport control of any airport, which is sort of insane, like mind blowing. So this just leaves you more time to use the porta potties,
2: you know, the facilities that they I have. I was waiting
1: for that to come up. You <laughs> know, you know it. You know it. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it, you know, I was reading the top of the article and I love how they're, I don't know if anybody else kind of chuckled at this where they're like, yeah, the TSA is important. It's there to keep you safe. I'm like, have you read any of the uh, TSA reports when they get tested? They They don't do such a great job of doing that.
0: Got him. For me, Las Vegas was a little bit of a surprise with higher... I wasn't surprised with the customs. I've only flown in there once, but it was very slow. But a a higher than normal TSA time, so they're right in the middle of the list. I guess it really also depends on these airports, Mark. Like, we always talk about our tricks. I go to Terminal 3 at McCarran. You have, like, your Westin trick at Detroit. You could, like, sometimes walk through. Sometimes it really depends on which security checkpoints you go to, because, like, my experience in Las Vegas, there's almost never waits, but... If you go to the other terminal, there appears there are because obviously the data shows that. So it's also uh, interesting as you get to know an airport a little bit more how you can sort of massage those numbers for yourself.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then even knowing, you know, which one has just regular clear and which one has clear with the TSA pre-check that can make a difference for you. Certain stuff like that. I will say I expected Denver to be a lot higher too, even though it's like feast or famine. You know, Denver, sometimes you go there, there's not a lot of people. And then other times, like when we had the meetup there it was a good hour wait to get through and we we pop through everybody using our uh, mx platinum clear stuff which is also kind of fun having everybody give you those dirty looks as you just scan your eyeballs and and move
2: <laughs> move to the head of the class hey if you are willing to give them your biometric data like we are you can get to the head of the class too and pay like you know 75 <laughs> bucks True. or whatever but free quote unquote
0: with credit card so Yeah, what travel hacker doesn't have clear at this point? doesn't have five Amex Platinums and clear memberships for the whole family, right? Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Joe, where can people find you when they aren't listening to this fine podcast? You
2: can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. I will be off next week because I will be in California, but uh, I'll be back in two weeks ready to talk about High Regency Long Beach. Thank you, Sean, for all of the tips and then, of course, Disneyland as well. Mark, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on the website. And a uh, big shout out to reader Kevin, who said, My laugh um, destroys his soul or cuts to his soul. What was the exact wording, Joe? Do you remember?
2: Yes. Kevin said, I don't always love your content, and your laugh still hurts my soul, but I've always felt you're honest and forthright.
0: <laughs> there you go. Good article. So- <laughs>
2: There you go. We haven't done a, a
1: mean uh, mean review in a bit, so th- you got that one. But um, <laughs> to
2: be fair, that was a comment. But you yeah, know, it was still. Kind we're going to call review. it a mean review because you, there you go. Your laugh hurts his
1: soul. So, <laughs> cut straight to the to the soul. You know, we got deep cuts around here. But you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Comment on any of the articles if you give us a funny comment, maybe we'll read it. Uh, and then uh, you know, email me marketmilesandmemories dot com. Join our Facebook group, our Patreon group. Uh, we hang out there all the time. Come to our meetups and we have a lot of fun. So if you like the fun and, uh, you know, experience things you wouldn't do on your own, that's what
0: we're here for. How about you, Sean? Mark's laugh hurts my soul as well. I just want to put that out there. But uh, you can find Zing. everything that we do, podcast videos, blog posts at MilesToMemories.com. And of course, we do have that diamond Patreon community with a private Slack. We have bonus content every week, plus the meetups. That's at patreon.com. Forward slash miles to memories. But for everything we do, head to miles to memories.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Maybe we should just do meetups in airport <laughs> lounges again and uh, shun. And we'll see how fun that is. Sean. It's really tough. You know what's so hard no, is that you guys are I'm, on such a delay that it's like I can't tell yes, anything. No, so. I know.
2: I, 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 it's horrible. Mark didn't see Mark didn't see my message to him on Slack, and I said, no banter today because Sean's lie can't handle it.
0: But true. Good point. I
2: got, I got a, I got a uh, response to that. Why can't but I leave this on it. the record? <laughs> Why can't I leave this on the record?
0: Not always. Not a, that's not always if true. We, <laughs> if we can have this conversation in real time where I, I'm not on a delay. I'll, 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 we can do yeah, it all need, again, but not right now. All right. This is so painful. So you guys, anything else to say? I know that before we wrap this thing up. Yeah.
2: We said it like 10 minutes ago. You just haven't heard it yet. (laughs) Yeah, I get it.
0: I get it. Be kind. This isn't my fault. Be kind. Rewind. It's very difficult to try to, it's, it's very difficult to try to chime in sometimes when I haven't heard anything you said or don't even, you know, know that you stopped or whatever. So I apologize.
1: I told Kevin don't worry buddy I'll win you over you'll 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 come over and then a person commented <laughs> under it he's right I used to hate it and now I love it <laughs> so we'll get there